Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Happy New Year, Primers, and welcome to issue 43, the first of the new year, 2017. Uh, as we mentioned, I, I just said issue 43, but worth noting, as Rob brought to my attention, uh, issue 50 total uh, between annuals and everything else that we have done. So a pretty big milestone. That's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. It's a way to bring in the new year. Yeah, it is. It's kind of nice. It, it, it's crazy, I like because I know we both kind of mentioned this, like I did in my little message uh, on uh, the Christmas episode, and you did too. Um, we're almost the year doing this, which is yeah. insane. Like I haven't realized it's been that mu- that many and that quickly. Well, time flies when you're having fun. Indeed. <laughs> well, the recording part is fun. The editing part is not as much fun. Still fun. Uh, yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> the, especially over the holidays, finding the time to get the podcast recorded. Is not so much fun. Well, you know, like I said, the last couple of weeks, I think we've made it work. I know it, it's Monday, but it's because we're both off today. And we're like, you know what? Screw it. We'll record Monday morning. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. So. Let's enjoy New Year's and rec- and use Sunday to recover and record on Monday. So uh, mm-hmm. a day late, but that's all right. As um, you know, the shows are still on break for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but introductions, we have to do that because we're already a couple minutes in and we haven't done it yet. So from It's okay, show- I'm tired. I know, <laughs> me too. Uh, from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods on the Next Level Network, I am Rob. Um, and I have to note, too, a new episode of Caffeine Crew will, um, by the time you're hearing this, is online. So go check it out. Yeah, the December episode, we did our best and worst of 2016, and there's a lot of bad. <laughs> no, actually, no, we, we focus on the good, because there was a lot of bad, so why There really was a lot of bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it, we're going into 2017, it's a fresh new year, fresh new outlook, and hoping, at least with this podcast, we're going to bring you some pretty big and better things for yeah, this as well. Yeah, we, we've got a lot to kind of look back at, I know... Um, you know, there, there's been, you know, friends that we've been wanting to get back on the show, uh, very notably. I know a lot of you guys that did find us, uh, me and Brian uh, from DCR, who talk pretty frequently. And, uh, you know, we, we were trying to get him in for Invasion. Uh, we didn't bring it up back then. And me and Ben's schedule and his schedule were just not meshing up. We had the day right for both of us, but Brian was like, I, let's do it nighttime. And we're like, crap, we can't. We have to do morning. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was really kind of crazy trying to figure it out when things were going on but he did say uh he misses everybody uh and misses doing the show with sean and uh he's like you know what i've got a mic everything's set we will we will find time so hopefully soon you will will indeed be hearing his voice um but yeah so yeah definitely uh things to look forward to in the future i know you got some time with ming uh actually twice this year 
And uh, I know we still have that standing thought to, to go up to the secret stash at some point. Um, so we still have to figure out all that. So hopefully that, that's all in 2017. It's just a matter of when. And how cool would that be to to record a podcast about TV shows from comic books in what is probably, arguably, one of the most notable comic book stores in the country? Yeah, seriously. And then yeah. I, I know you and me are talking about doing a, a doing a show live from a, a local comic shop around our neck of the woods, too, So, uh, which is a shop called Uncanny, which we might be doing in the summer. Uh, you've got probably you've got Chicago uh, for uh, coming Atlanta, up in March. Yeah, for heroes and villains. So you, you know, congratulations on uh, continuing that trend. Thank you. Uh huh. And then uh, there's what uh, the great Greater Philadelphia Comic Con. So you might be doing some stuff, hopefully, uh, up that way too. So yeah, lots of good and, stuff. And in a pretty notable Flash actor added to uh, uh, to Great Philadelphia Comic Con coming up in March or April as well. And um, yeah, that would be pretty awesome to get him uh, to to get him as part of this program, whether it's an interview or moderating his panel or or something. We're gonna reserve who it is uh, till we get closer to the con. If, if you go online and Google Great Philadelphia Comic Con, you're gonna find out who it is. But um, I'm really hoping to get some time with him while he's there because I've been a fan of his. Going back to the original, well, that's gonna give it away. But the original Flash, yeah, is uh. You know, as we did the, um, we went back and we watched the original Flash as one of our retro episodes and our retro issues. And I know we were at differences as to how we felt about the show, but uh, it's John Wesley ship. Let's just say it. It's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's going to be a guest at Great Philadelphia Comic Con. So I'm hoping to, I've already been in contact with Great Philadelphia Comic Con about possibly interviewing and or moderating his panel. So that would be, uh, be pretty amazing to be able to do that. Yeah. Seriously, so, man. That, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but as a, we this episode, as of this issue, we are going to, as we've said we've been going to do for a couple weeks, we are going to talk about the Telltale Batman series. Episodes four and five have been out. We have both played them. Uh, so we're going to talk to you a little bit about that. And as a little added bonus after we go over the news stories and such at the end of the issue... Uh, we're going to tack on something that we did not mention we were going to do. I think we did a – I made a quick mention of it on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Uh, but we didn't mention it in past podcasts only because scheduling-wise, this is something we've been trying to do since May, and it never worked out. But this time I um, I wanted to make sure that I did it uh, – or I wanted to make sure it happened before we talked about it and it actually happened so at the end of this podcast um adam and i from the showcast spotlight interviewed echo cullum from arrow uh you know we met echo back in may at heroes and villains new york new jersey he wanted to come on the program scheduling just didn't work out especially with the filming of everything he was doing with arrow and with the uh you know, with the invasion storyline, scheduling finally worked out. We finally got him on. He was a great interview. It's about 20 minutes long, so we'll tack that on at the end of the podcast as well for you guys to enjoy. Good stuff, man. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. So, um, do we want to talk about what you just messaged me? Yes. Totally. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you bring it up because I was um, reading. <laughs> sorry, excuse me. I was reading it as I was talking and I was trying not to get distracted as I was Talking about the interview. Yeah, it was one of those things I meant to bring up to you earlier, and I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot about that. And we really no, actually I'm, I'm all for it. So Okay. 
Cool. So, um, we actually, uh, over the holidays, me and Ben, um, like I said, we, we reached out to a lot of uh, the fans. And, we, and I think, you know, both me and him did get some really nice messages back. Uh, and, you know, uh, one of the things we want to do constantly is kind of like say, you know, find ways to thank our listeners. I mean, like over the holidays, like, you know, some of the most active members were like, screw it, we're sending them Christmas presents. So, uh, but we wanted to actually kind of set up something else uh, for for all this. And uh, that is, we have a little contest we want to run. Uh, and this is a giveaway and not a giveaway at the same time. So basically on just facebook.com slash DC primetime, if you go in there, just go into a visitor post, if whoever, and then just post a fan theory. And whatever fan theory we like the best, we're giving you guys an opportunity to be the third seat on this podcast uh, for when the shows come back. Um, we just thought it'd be kind of fun to to have one of you guys on as a guest and geek out together uh, instead of just doing it uh, online. Uh, just you know, just join us on the uh, podcast. The shows come back full force, I believe. Uh, Supergirl comes back the twenty third, uh, then Flash, and now Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, we'll be on the 24th, Arrow on the 25th. Uh, the shows are now kind of truncated down into three days. So I think it's uh, CW's move because I think they have the 100 starting back up in a couple other shows. So um, so that following Sunday, which uh, if you I think just, the, the 29th, 29th, yeah, yeah January so 29th. It, so it'll be Sunday for January 29th to join us. Now, me and Ben usually record uh, Eastern time uh, on the mornings of Sundays. So. Um, whoever wins, you know, obviously we'll find a way to hash that out, but, uh, let us know, um, if, uh, if you are interested by, like I said, just write a quick, small fan theory, could be something we brought up already, uh, maybe one of your favorites, something that you thought of that we, we haven't even talked about yet, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, get them up there, and then obviously me and Ben will pick a winner, uh, one of the caveats of this is you need to have a microphone, uh, for your computer, uh, that and a pair of headphones, so we can do this, because we do this via Skype. But uh, yeah. we want to make sure that you're coming in and sounding nice and clear. Um, and if there's any any issues, we'll we'll be able to hash that out with you uh, with you together. So we'll message you through our Facebook page. So uh, yeah, so that'll run, and then we'll make a decision the week before uh, those uh, shows kick back off. All right. Yeah, I like this idea too. I th- and this is more of an initiative to you know we we created Rob created the Facebook page and. Um, you know, it's more so Rob on the Facebook page than me, but we both interact with you guys, and uh, you know that was been great to get you guys more interactive and for us to interact with you. But this is the next step. This is another good way for for us to uh, to interact with you guys even further. And uh, you know, if it works out well this time, I could see us doing this. You know, every couple months. Uh, you know, being able to uh, to have our fans join us on the podcast and and just talk about fan theories and talk about the shows. Yeah, totally. I, I think it would be a lot of fun to do. Uh, and I know a couple of you out there do podcasts. We mentioned uh, Paul Williams uh, last week uh, and uh, Bats, Bows, and Books podcast. And uh, so there's probably a couple other of you out there that do this. So uh, if you haven't been active on the Facebook group, just you know, go ahead and join over there and then you know, kick us a visitor, just a visitor post and we're good to go. Yeah. Or you can comment on the end of this episode, either or. So, uh, Yeah, works for me. I like the yeah. idea. Cool. So, all right, let's jump into things and let's talk a little bit about the Telltale Batman series. As you know, I'd mentioned you and I both had an opportunity to play episodes four and five. Uh, we had already played through one, two, and three. And scheduling wise, I was a little behind. You had played them almost as soon as they released, and I, I took a little bit of time. Um, but I did play through them, 
And I have to say, by the end of episode four, I was already hoping for a sequel. Um, I was already hoping that we were going to get more episodes later. Um, you know, like another set of five episodes. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a season two from this. Well, the way they left it in, you know, at the end of episode five, I, I think they're already, I think it's probably already in the works. I, I really hope so. so. Um, so I guess, how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about the whole thing, uh, the thing as a whole, or do we want to touch on season, uh, or episode five first and then kind of go over everything as a whole, like spoiler filled and all? Um, I don't know. What do you think would be best to to do? I mean, it, I, I do want to talk about episodes one, two, and three again, as a, or basically, I want to talk about everything as a whole. All right. Well, um, let's, how about this? We'll just do everything as a whole. <laughs> okay, that works. Okay. Um, I do have to say that one of the things I did like. I know we're talking about everything as a whole, but I'm going into. I guess we don't really have to break it down by episode if we're talking about everything as a whole. Um, but I do like the fact that, and this is more particular for episode four that. We did get to see, even though the story, episodes one through five, focused more on Penguin, obviously, and Two-Face. I do like the fact that there were some side characters introduced and at least mentioned. I was very excited to see uh, Zaz in Arkham Asylum when I was playing Mm -hmm. through episode four. Uh, and then uh, John Doe. <laughs> John Doe, who, who the, let's face it, we know who this is. It's the Joker. Is. Yeah. It's the Joker. And um, I believe it's the same voice actor that played uh, Handsome Jack from uh, the Tales from the Borderlands series. Okay. So, so I mean, you know when you look at this character, green hair, white skin, we know who this is. Uh, yeah. And when you – they call him John Doe in the story – but at the end of the episode, when you're going through your choices, it actually refers to him as the Joker. That's very true. So I, it's very obvious who this person is. And as we mentioned, you know, this is going to be full of spoilers. The way this is left off is it's left open that a, a season two of Telltale Batman will be involving John Doe uh, outside of Arkham Asylum, which would be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, actually, so let's let's kind of do this is kind of like the way we do our bullet points. So, all right. Uh, so, <coughs> sidekick, hero, or legend for the game as a whole for you? For the game as a whole? I'm... Mm-hmm. The game itself, story-wise, I'm going to go legend. I actually really enjoyed it. I loved the fight scenes, and especially towards the end in the later episodes, how the fight scenes got a little bit higher or faster movement and more... Um, more interactive, like you actually had to respond faster. Because I can tell you, in episode five, I actually died a couple times, and that never happened through episodes one through three, uh, or even into four. I actually failed a couple times, so your responses had to get a little faster. Story wise and and choice wise, I did enjoy the game, so I'm going to go legend. I I, I don't want to take away from the game at all because I think this is more an Xbox issue than anything else, but particularly in episode four. It ran very sluggish and uh, very actually, no. glitchy. There, there's a lot of problems on PS4 and PC as well. Okay, so it's um, not just Xbox. So, yeah, if, if if I'm, like I said, story-wise, I loved it. Uh, there's a lot of gameplay problems in this game as a whole. Um, and some other things, too, that I have some, some fairly large issues with. Um, but I will say, I, I you know what, like with all things... I, I give it kind of it's right in the middle of the road. Um, this this is getting a hero. Um, 
there there's some moments that make me almost want to dip it down into a low hero, but I, I did love this story, but there's a lot of other things holding this back big time in my eyes. Um, I, I For me, one of the things that actually kind of drove me the most nuts was in episode one, they kind of promised us some things that they dropped uh, immediately, and I was really kind of upset uh, that they, they went this route, but one of the first things you get to do as Batman in episode one is kind of get to start choosing the type of Batman you're going to be. Like, they have interrogation scenes that allow you to be like, if you want to be more brutal, uh, do you want to kind of just push the information out and then leave them be for the cops? However, like, they have things that like kind of like get you to start running in the line of choosing if you're going to be a very vicious kind of Frank Miller-esque Batman uh, or even a little bit beyond that. Versus more of the kind of this good-natured uh, version of the character. Um, and they stopped doing that immediately after episode one. And I was kind of disappointed that that's what they did. Uh, I, I was expecting we were going to get a lot more of these moments. Um, and we even saw that with the Falcone stuff at the end of uh, episode one as well. And uh, that doesn't really show up uh, too often after that. You see a quick moment when Falcone's in the hospital bed. Uh, but that was about it. You know, so, I didn't even really think about that. I, you, you, you're right about that too, and I think that makes me want to drop my, uh, my ranking a little bit more. In they, they did mention a bunch of things that, you know, that, like you said, it's going to be a way for us to form the Batman that we want to be. And you're right, they didn't really do that a lot. There were instances a little bit later where things could have changed how Episode Five turned out. But it was more the choices you made as far as, you know, choosing to go after Harvey or choosing to go after Oswald. And that makes no difference on the Batman that you become. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I didn't even think about that. And yeah, now I, I kind of want to change my ranking. Yeah, it was actually when I was kind of looking at this and thinking of this as a whole over the last couple of weeks after I finished uh, episode five. And I'm like, that was a lot of fun. And then I'm like, wait a second. They completely dropped something in this game. Like, it was something that I felt, thought was the most interesting when I played episode one. Uh, and then, in, in addition to what you just said, the, the amount of glitching. Uh, episode five, very notably, uh, even the logo of the game it came to a crippling frame rate halt. Like, when it was just showing the Batman Telltale, I was down to like five frames a second while it was trying to show, show me the logo of the game. That's bad. <laughs> um,. And even the, I think it was the entire first sequence of episode five, when you're with Harvey on top of the rooftop, it was five frames, ten frames a second, and it was just, just jarring. And nothing about it looked okay. And once we got past the opening, the game ran smooth from the rest of it, and then there was another notable issue, is there's a big fight you have in Arkham, uh, as you're trying to track down Lady Arkham at the end. And uh, one of the characters that you're fighting is not on screen. You see eyes and teeth. That's it. Oh, see, and, I didn't have those issues. Uh, well, I think I believe if memory serves correctly, I think Shad said he had the same same bug uh, in his. I know the game was patched to version one point zero three, and I think they did fix that. But like in the first week of play of that, uh, very notably bad. Um, like I said, that's kind of pretty massive because I I don't know if that was supposed to be just a random inmate, was that somebody bigger? Because you kept interacting with them. So I have no idea who that was meant to be. It, again, I had eyes and teeth, and occasionally if they were holding something. But they had no body on screen, nothing. They were just kind of in the mix with a group of other people fighting you. Yeah. So that kind of took away a little bit from it. Um, that's kind of the other thing, too. Like, the fights where they were fast and fluid, I really love that tactical kind of, like, look at the room 
say, okay, this person's getting flung into this and where they have multiple options. When they do that in episode five, they give you no extra options. You're basically just doing, you know, uh, connect the dots. Like, okay, this guy's going here because that's the only place he can go. Next guy, same thing, same thing. Oh, and the last one's like, oh, you can throw him into a door or into a table. And I'm like, no, give me choices. Yeah. That was what made some of the early fights in this game very notably, again, episode one, where you can choose, okay, I'm going to start from this side of the room or this side of the room. Okay, this guy's getting thrown close to this guy, allows me to chain this into this. They stop doing that as well. They have a lot of cool ideas that they just don't continue with in this game, which is kind of disappointing. Well, I think um, it's almost that they got a little bit ahead of themselves, especially with if you consider how relatively quickly these episodes kept getting released. You yeah, know, we, I don't we think kept, they were ready. No, I mean you kept you you know we kept saying, "Wow, really? The next episode's already coming out," and I think they kind of tried to push this out too quickly. And because yeah. of that, these later episodes lost a lot of what we loved from the beginning episodes. Yeah, I mean, one of the things Telltale, I think they got a lot of, they've gotten a lot of criticism over the years. They do some really great stories. I mean, hands down, their storytelling is phenomenal. I, I really love what they do. Um, the engine that they've been working with has pretty much been the same engine they've been working with since Walking Dead. It's just constantly refined. Uh, they really need to, I think, switch their engine at this point. There, there's way too many problems, way too many glitches that show up in all of these games. Um, you know, frame, they should not have frame rate problems with the amount of, uh, you know, computing power between Xbox One, PS4, and PC at this point, especially to run something the way that they are. Um, but one of the other things they got in a lot of, lot of uh, gripe about was long delays in between episodes. Um, and I was very surprised when Batman was coming out on a schedule. It was coming out one episode a month. Sometimes I think we got two episodes in a month. Um, so it came out at a pace that they've always promised, but that led to, I think, a lot more glitches, uh, poor like, QA on the game itself, and uh, kind of losing what some of the promises that they were making. So, Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier, too, uh, having fighting Harvey on the rooftop, which makes me realize I think you and I made some different choices in episodes four going into episode five. Um, I'm assuming when you got the choice of going to either stop Oswald or going to stop Harvey, you chose Oswald. Uh, no, uh, I stopped Harvey. Uh, I think it's not a fight. Well, there was a little sequence on the top of the rooftop after Harvey blows up the building at the end of episode. Oh four. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's that the, I did. there's the little like intro in that episode five where it's I think you're facing off some goons really quickly in the very beginning, and then Harvey gets away. Yeah, um, yeah, because yeah. you actually you take down Harvey actually at Wayne Manor. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So no. Um, uh, I know you take take him down on the rooftop there. That's why I think when he gets arrested. So no, he gets arrested. No, he's escorted outside of Wayne Manor. Oh, that's right. Sorry, um, the episodes are blending together a little too much. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, because you 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 take down Harvey in Wayne Manor and then you take down Oswald in the park. Yeah, yeah, Afterwards, uh, yeah. Episode four, episode four was my super glitchy one, and that was the one I kind of block out of my head. That was mine too. So episode four was very very glitchy, very sluggish, uh, and very glitchy. Uh, my game crashed on me four times, where I crashed to the main main screen of the the console. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. See, I never uh -huh. crashed, but mine was pretty bad. Mine was also missing some of the prompts during the fighting. Randomly, they wouldn't show up, and I would have to restart the game. And I'm like, because it was the big fight sequence in Wayne Manor. Um, so yeah, that drove me just a bit nuts. So. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, hopefully, if they do a season two, we're they're going to correct a lot of these. I do these hope things. So. And I mean, and the way this game plays out is is played out. I mean, Gordon is still lieutenant; he's not commissioner until like the very end of this. So you can tell this is still very early on in the story of Batman. Uh, so there's still plenty of time left for them to have additional seasons for this, bring back other characters, uh, and do more with it. So hopefully when they do it in a season two, which I'm, I'm hoping they do, uh, they do improve. They make a lot of improvements on these glitches. Yeah, I mean, I think the only reason, I mean, normally I, I don't care too much about stuff like frame rate and all. If you get some dips uh, down, uh, I, I think the only reason that we kind of have to bring it up here is the fact that it's such a sto- like story-driven game. That when things get in the way of showing that story, it shows a lot more than it normally does in something like if you're playing like a Grand Theft Auto or like Halo, uh, you know, any or Uncharted stuff like that. So you can look past it when you're playing these expansive, you know, 15, 20 hour games. But when you're playing this, something that's very hyper focused on one thing and it's showing you point A to point B, uh, all that stuff is it's kind of like a disco ball right in your face. You're like, hey, uh, that that doesn't look good. Yeah. Because your attention's purely on it, so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Telltale games play out there. They're pretty much adult video game versions of Choose Your Own Adventure. They are. Um, They absolutely are. You know, so like you said, they're very focused, and you can't help but notice these glitches when you get to them. Uh, One of the questions I have for you, what did you think of the detective mode kind of stuff, where you're actually piecing together the crime scenes? (coughs) <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. That came on quick. I didn't have time to mute my microphone. Um, I enjoyed them. <clears throat> I think I enjoyed them a little earlier on. Uh, I think they were... Uh, I enjoyed, like, like, tagging things to each other. Like, when you have to tether two items of evidence to kind of put the story together. Um, I thought it was a little bit more thought-provoking in the beginning, in the earlier episodes. By the end, I didn't know... I couldn't tell if either I had just gotten really good at them or if they were just very easy. They were they, honestly, I think there is one, and maybe they got criticism for it because there's the one in I think I want to say it's episode three when you're first finding out about Lady Arkham, and you're in the train station trying yes. to figure out what's going on. That was the most complex one, and the one that maybe mentally frustrated me a little bit. I'm like, there's so much here, and it's all over the place, and I'm not quite sure. But when I completed that, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like how this plays out. But then it gets kind of sloppy and simplistic. Like, hey, there's not much to connect to. It's all here. There's only four pieces of evidence in the room. And this is going to take you 30 seconds. And you're like, just show me it. I yeah. know what's going on here. Exactly. And then there's the one that I think that was the most notably kind of sore one was episode five again. Um, when you're trying to track down where Alfred actually is. And the moment you see the basement, you're like, oh, they're in the Vale, the Vale family home. And I'm like... Uh, what do you mean? I have to do this four times? I'm like, <laughs> come on. I, I know this already just from seeing the setting, and you showed me the name of the oil company. I'm like, that was a prominent moment in episode three, I think. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you can do better than this. Yeah, exactly. It's like, cause, yeah, because, I mean, there's the one scene where, yeah, when they're in the Vale family <laughs> home and Vicky's parents are, are murdered, <laughs> and, you, you know, you're you're investigating that storyline. You see the picture with the oil logo on his shirt, and then you find him, and there's like, oh, there's some kind of logo on her shirt. Really? I mean, I, I know what it is already. I don't have to tether these two things together. So, yeah, I think they got very, like I said, I couldn't tell at first if it was just me and they got really easy for me or if they were, in fact, just super, super easy. And I think, like I said, I enjoyed them a little bit earlier on. I actually enjoyed that one in the train station. Um, 
but it was uh you know it was it just got super super easy yeah um, no, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. So yeah, I think all that kind of stuff. It's 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 a damn shame. I think that some of those things I think are sticking out a little bit more um, that I would like to. Normally, a Telltale game, I I haven't seen this many problems. I gotta say, probably this is the absolute glitchiest of all of them I've ever played. Um, so, like I said, definitely got a docket points. But yeah, let's get past uh, the things that we didn't like and into the stuff that we did. Um, so, story-wise alone, I love the fact that they've really changed the Batman mythos. This was, like, this great, like, standalone graphic novel where there was, this is a very different character, um, which made it so much fun. It made it a ton of fun. It left you constantly guessing. I love the fact they said, nope, you know what? Uh, Thomas Wayne was a corrupt, corrupt guy. Like, he was a doctor, but he did some dirty things. And I love the fact that you're like, oh, you know, that's not true. That's not going to be how this is going to play out at all. And they're like, oh. Not true at all. Yeah. That is absolutely the case. Thomas Wayne was a person with ma- uh, mafia ties, and I love that. I love that they they left you guessing, and you're like, no, this is actually the truth. In our version of Batman, this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, that's cool. I gave him a lot of credit for it. And the uh, same thing with Penguin, uh, him and Bruce being friends growing up, and then it was just kind of like, uh, well, your family forced my family basically out uh, into the cold we were old money that lost everything because of people like you uh his mother committed suicide because of stuff like that and it was very interesting to watch how that all played out so i think it was really unique it gave us a very different perspective on all these people and what they did with vicky vale was super awesome i was uh, actually I- just going to bring that up i think that was actually probably one of my favorite things about this is that you introduce a character that we all know especially from the movie universe and um, you, you totally twist her backstory. You know, you think, you know, from what we know of her in the past, you think she's going to become an ally or just, a, you know, a secondary side character to, to Bruce Wayne. And when, in fact, she turns out to be the archvillain of this entire series, which was something completely unexpected, but I absolutely loved. Yeah, I actually, that's one of the things I think they did better than even Rocksteady did in Arkham Knight. Because uh, when we get introduced to the Arkham Knight, they're like, oh, yeah, we've got this brand new character that we're having as the big bad to cap off, you know, the Batman games uh, that we've been working on for the last couple of years. And then I'm like, oh, it's Jason Todd. Uh, he's just the Red Hood that also you now has a Batman suit. So, um, and they were kind of like, all right, well, we, we, we can, as soon as we got the backstory, then I'm like, oh, we know exactly who this is. This completely i was like you know i was like okay it does look like a female i think you know like ben mentioned it too when we reviewed uh i think episode you know two or three when we saw the character profile i'm like okay it looks like it could be a female that's probably the case when it gets to us seeing who it actually is the end of episode three didn't expect it and i was like that's great i love the fact that it's her so yeah i mean big props to them they they created a unique batman mythos and it worked very well yeah agreed completely and um, you know, not only that, but, you know, you had the changes with the Vicky character. You mentioned Oswald and Oswald. I like the fact that they went with a more traditional, regular person, Oswald, a.k.a. Penguin, than the comic book, you know, wah, wah, version of Penguin. Um, we got a little bit of a different mythos on the Joker, as a matter of fact, because we find out that they met in Arkham Asylum, not outside of it, uh, which I really enjoyed. And I'm very, very curious to see where they're going to go with that into a season two if we get one. 
Um, so yeah, so the mythos of the character, the mythos of everything, you know, from Thomas Wayne to Vicky Vale, Joker, Penguin. Uh, I will say one thing, one thing I really enjoyed about the Harvey Dent character is his mask. Um, I don't know if we've ever seen that before, and if I have, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, no, I think that was one of the first times I've seen it. They may maybe have done it in the comics before, but I thought that was a really cool, unique take. Yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. So I, um, you know, because it was a way for them to keep Harvey Dent in the public eye while still being a villain. Uh, and because that's something I don't know if I've ever seen before, because every time we've ever seen Harvey Dent after he becomes Two-Face, uh, he's always been the villain. But this way, they he is still technically the villain, but he he's portrayed as a hero to Gotham at the same time. And I thought that mask is a is a big element in being able to pull that off. So yeah, I thought I mean, that was a really cool twist to that character. Yeah, I mean, it's a very short-lived time as being mayor, but... Uh, you know, they did do an, almost an entire full episode after he's been, you know, disfigured, where you're seeing him uh, still kind of function that way. So yeah. it was pretty cool. It was a, uh, it was kind of fun seeing him still be this, you know, person turning into a villain, but still feeling like he was doing the right things. And you see his mind start fracturing more and more as as that episode plays out, which was great. Uh, I still think I got to say one of my favorite standalone moments is the uh, the moment between Bruce and Selena when they're at her apartment. Uh, after the fight with Lady Arkham. I, I think that was probably one of the most unique sequences uh, in, in the whole game. It kind of was very different from everything else. Um, where you're actually... It's it's the decision if you choose to stay with Selina for the night. And then you get to see that play out in the morning the next day. Of kind of like, okay, well, let's grab some grub. And then, you know, Harvey comes breaking in. And you see how that relationship starts to fracture. I think that entire sequence was, hands down, I think my absolute favorite from the entire game. Yeah, I, I do hope that they, they do roll out some patches to help some of the glitchiness of this game. Because uh, I would like to play this through again, uh, making some different choices that I made from the first time. I know playing through episodes four and five, uh, I know there were one or two choices that I made that were actually drastically different from everybody else. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what they were. Ah, but well, what I what I did is uh, I haven't posted them yet. But after I finished episode five, I actually uh, I, I do know it said my my Batman was compassionate. I believe is uh, I because they give you a little quick tag as far as what your your version of the character was at the very end, based off of all your decisions. Oh, I didn't um, see that. Damn it! Where it kind of shifts. Well, mine glitched on me when I tried to take a uh, snapshot of it and share it. Uh, so I couldn't read everything it said, but I do remember that's one thing it did say. Um, but I did go back through, uh, because you can still kind of view your choices on that main menu of, uh, all the major decisions you made from episodes one through five, where it gives you the little quick picture at the end, uh, of the credits. So I did get snapshots on the PS4, uh, of every episode one through five. So I will post those up in our photo gallery on Facebook so you guys can see, uh, the decisions I choose to make uh, for my version of the game. And then uh, if there's anything that you guys did different, go ahead and tag uh, tag that on the bottom. So, Yeah, I think I'm going to have to do that too. I'm going to have to go through and make some uh, some snapshots. I'm actually, uh, as we're talking, I'm actually logging into my Xbox now to see. Because I just want to see what my final, um, my final one was, like you had mentioned. Because I didn't even really look at that. I didn't think that was something we could look at. Yeah, I I don't think you can look at your overall um, through their menu, which was kind of disappointing because they they kind of that's the first time I've ever seen them do that. Uh, but you can see your episode to episode, 
So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, that's something that I want to do. Like, I want to, I'm, I hope they fix a lot of these glitches because I do want to play through again and make some different choices. Yeah, I think I'm going to go through and play a, a very mean, uh, vicious, uh, you know, rough and tumble kind of Bruce, where I think he's going to say a lot of negative things to everybody, you know, um, and, and, and be just, a dick. Just straight up be a dick, even to Alfred, like everybody, just because I want to see how it plays out. Um, I'm looking at it now, it doesn't give me the option to look at my choices. Um, yeah, it's, I think you gotta go, it's in their options menu, you're gonna have to, it took me a little while to find it, where you have to Oh, it's, around. yeah, it's, it's in the extras menu. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then and, you can go episode by episode. Yeah, there it is. Um, oh, and I can share them too, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I'm looking through, and I'm looking through episode five, and yeah, the, one of the choices was whether or not you told Alfred it didn't matter Oh, it says you and 28.3% of players told Alfred it didn't matter who was at fault. All that matters is fixing the problem. Because um, I think you could have been a little bit more compassionate and said, Alfred, this is not your fault. And and I was like, no, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. Hmm. So I tr- yeah. when I played through the game, I tried to play through almost as if like the choices I would make is if I were Batman. Right. I didn't want to portray – I didn't want to be like, oh, let's let's make him a cocky Batman or let's make him a dick. I, I portrayed it as if, like, if this were me in this position, what would I say? And I seem to go along with the majority of the other players that play, so that's a sign of hope for the world, I guess. Yeah, um, I, I think mine ended up skewing uh, close to what a lot of other people were. I did have at least probably one major one in every episode that was not what the va- vast majority of people would have done. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you remember which I, one that is? I, I don't, uh, but there's one I think in every uh, every uh, episode, so you'll you'll see it when I post it on the Facebook page that you can see. You're like, really? Why would you do that? <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing too. I'll let you post yours, and then maybe like a day later I'll post mine. And yeah, my mine will be up today, being Monday. Uh, I'll make sure I put them up before the end of the night. So okay. I think I can just post them right from uh right from Facebook. Yeah, I think I can do this. Or, I think well, I can do this. right from a. Uh, PS4. So. Uh, yeah, I think I can do the same thing too. Uh, and yeah. we encourage anybody out there who is playing, you know, post yours too. We want to see wh- where you guys rank up with the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm trying to think if there's really anything else we need to discuss as far as I mean, we could talk about some of our choices, but we'll be posting them. So it's, um, that's not really something we have to talk about. We we yeah. already know that you know. We were in agreement in going after Harvey instead of Oswald, and then you go after Oswald afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, do we believe that Lady Arkham is gone? Uh, actually, yes, I do. I, I think that that's going to be a one and done, uh, which is, you know, I'm very happy with it. Like, because it's always fun to see a new character um, or a new take on a character like that, and they've really changed it up. And I want to see them play with that a little bit more uh, coming up. So, hopefully, that is something that will indeed happen. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, cool. So again, you know, I changed my ranking down to a hero because, um, mainly because of what you said about how we were promised we would get to form our own kind of Batman, and that really didn't happen. Yeah, so glitches be damned. Uh, yeah. the game is fun, but yeah, the the glitches also damn this game. Yeah, and it, it's still like you said, it's still a fun game. Um, mm-hmm. it's not something I was extremely disappointed in playing. I still had a lot of fun playing it. And if a sequel comes about, I will play that too. So it's, you know, I'm I'm invested in in the game, which is good. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely say there's more positives in this game than there are negative. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't have gone through and played all five episodes if 
I wasn't enjoying it. I would have just come on here. I'm like, nope, sorry guys, done. Not this isn't continuing. Uh, but I, I always really do like Telltale. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, like the experience as a whole was great. But like I said, there's unfortunately this is the first time that we've seen them kind of make some big promises about what what it's gonna be like that they just or even introduce us to in the game and just drop. Um, normally, you see the same kind of styles play out constantly through all of the games. And this is the first one where I kind of like, hey, we were doing this. Why is this not happening anymore? Yeah. So, but uh, but still, it is for the price, especially with some of the deals they had on, uh, over the holidays. It was like 10, 15 bucks at times. Um, well worth every penny, uh, even the full price. It was well worth the 30 bucks that I think it was or 25 when it first came out. So well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that as well. Uh, all right. So I guess we'll move forward into news. Yeah, yeah, we'll do news. All right, so I'll send it uh, over to you then for some of the news for this week. Okay, uh, so there's not a ton to go into here, but there is one or two notable things that we do have to bring up. Uh, but we're, we're going to start a little differently. Uh, we're going to dive right into video games first. Uh, actually, there's an amazing website out there called Unseen64, Just uh, and 64 is the number. So if you ever want to putz around on the site, uh, I've gotten lost on that many, many times. And what they do is something very unique. And they go over the archives of games that were in development at some point in time for all these different systems and said, hey, uh, we found snapshots, videos, artwork, uh, interview the developers of all of these games that were being made and then were ultimately canceled. But there was a Flash open world video game uh, that looked to be a ton of fun, uh, very unique. Uh, and this was before uh, the Batman Arkham games were out, actually out there in the mix. But uh, this was uh, back from 2008. And uh, there's some really cool, unique stuff. And there's a nice long video out there that you can check out that goes into everything. Uh, that is up on our Facebook page. I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, that website is phenomenal. And they are some of the best and the best in the industry. They kind of make sure that people don't forget about these canceled projects. I, uh, I watched the video of this. And, man, all I have to say is I want a Flash video game. I wouldn't be surprised if that's maybe one of the things coming next from Rocksteady. There's a lot of rumblings right now that there, there's been some stuff of people seeing uh, Superman artwork from them and uh, some other Justice League members. So I wouldn't be would would not be surprised if Rocksteady's next big move is uh, with Warner Brothers games is kind of a Justice League esque game. Which would be and awesome. Then, uh, while Warner Brothers Montreal works on the Damien uh, uh, Batman project, which I believe is next. So. I mean, if if this open world game is a Justice League one, but we we can choose which character we want to play, huh? It's gonna be the Flash, either way. Oh yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, they do go over some of the old Flash games that are out there. This is a really great Game Boy one. Uh, if, if you're looking for something to check out, so. Uh, but yeah, definitely check that out. It's really well worth your time. It's a great little piece, and then uh, I highly recommend going back through. And that's even my recommendation for this week. I'll just say it now: is just putz around a little bit on Unseen sixty four. If there's a video game character that you love, do do a search, and I guarantee you, you will end up reading and reading and reading. And like, holy crap, they were gonna do this and this and this. It is awesome. So, props to those guys, but yeah, definitely check out uh, the uh, Flash game out. Um, so, heading over to the movie universe, um, things are sounding a little rocky right now, at least for Ben Affleck. Um, so, the Guardian newspaper actually was interviewing him, and uh, this is right after uh, Live By Night. Um, and the movie is not doing particularly very well, and, um, and a lot of people are kind of saying that at this point in time, the movie is kind of a flop. 
and a lot of and I, it sounds like Affleck is kind of trying to tighten up a little bit, and he's like, I don't want to make any missteps as a director. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about that, and when the Guardian was talking to him, it's kind of like, oh, okay, so the Batman's next. And he's like, well, that's the idea. Uh, it's not a set thing. There's no script, and if it doesn't come together in a way that I think is really great, I'm not going to do it. So, doesn't sound like there's even a full-on contract there yet. So, uh, something that maybe kind of shakes up this idea a little bit of where the Batman's going to fit into play. Uh, my hope is that they just take their time, they develop this the right way. I think that's the right move. Um, but yeah, it's a big wait and see as far as what's going on, because it's this is very contradictory to a lot of other things that we've been hearing, that like the Batman's going to start shooting in spring. Um, so the question is... Are they going to do this with a different director? If Affleck's not going to do it, is Affleck going to leave the project as a whole? Um, I think a lot of this is now going to really depend solely on how Justice League does. I don't know about where your your thought is on this, Ben. Um, I, I'm kind of bummed to hear this, to be completely honest with you, because this... Out of everything that has come out of DC so far, I've, I've already expressed my disinterest and my dislike for Man of Steel... Batman v Superman, I've already expressed my opinion on how, again, I was very disappointed with Superman, but absolutely loved Affleck's portrayal of Batman. So when the project was announced, you know, that this, there was going to be a standalone Batman, Affleck was going to be Batman, and Affleck was directing because he's a phenomenal director, uh, and he's going to be writing, and he's an Oscar-winning writer, and I was very excited, but I guess maybe in the back of my mind, I might have been thinking, this sounds a little too good to be true. Um, and now we're seeing a lot of the problems that are stemming out of this, which we don't know exactly what they are because we're hearing rumblings from both sides of this. Um, and I think this is just another example of, of uh, I don't want to put this so I don't think whatever this issue is is solely on Affleck and, and the Batman project. I think this is a Justice League or DC issue as a whole. I think this is another one of these issues that, DC is trying to play catch up to Marvel. Marvel has found a pattern that works and they have found massive success in their movies. And I think this is something that um, as far as the DC film goes, the DC cinematic universe goes, I think it's, it's starting to shine through a little bit that as far as playing catch up to Marvel, it's a little too little too late. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm still wrong. I hope Wonder Woman has massive success and Justice League is a decent movie, but I've been wrong in the past about these movies before. So I, I don't know. I yeah, really I mean, don't I know. Think, I think the, you know, we've said over and over, I think Wonder Woman is going to be the, the true real test for them because, again, this is John Berg, Jeff Johns, uh, you know, heading the reins of DC uh, Entertainment, you know. So it's a wait and see on how that plays out. But, I mean, I've got higher hopes now. And I think maybe a lot of what Ben is saying here is more specifically because he's just coming off of Live by Night and that not doing as well. Um, you know, I know, what was it, The uh, the Accountant was the, his last yeah. film that he just came out with. Granted, he wasn't, I don't think he directed that, did he? I don't think so, no. Live no, by he, Night, I know he did. Yeah, but I think this is maybe something that's shaking him up a little bit with Live by Night doing as well as he wanted, you know, commercially or, you know, review-wise, but... Um, it's just that idea for him that is this the next movie he wants to make then immediately after that? Does he want to kind of make sure he's doing the right thing he needs to do as a director, not shooting himself in the foot if he doesn't fully believe in the film yet? Um, and so I you, think, So honestly, you think a lot of these issues are more stemming from Aflac and not the studio? 
I don't think this has anything to do with the studio. The way that this this article read, it sounds very much like this is Affleck being concerned that his future as a director uh, is maybe a little shaky right now because this is his first flop. I mean, you, you have Gone Baby Gone, The Town, Argo, all of them doing incredibly well and incredibly loved. Um, it's the question of now if he makes, you know, you know, one that's not pleasing crowds, is the Batman the right call or right right after this film? So, and I think that does make a lot of sense. And I think this is his own trepidation because we've been hearing more and more, and especially from Jeff Johns, that they have been writing, but the script is not complete. And I think that's what that Ben's kind of saying. This could have just been the Guardian kind of, you know, cutting some of the the contents of the uh, the actual interview. But I have a feeling that's more what the idea is right now. I think it's Ben making sure he feels comfortable because I think right now he's not going to go forward with it until he thinks it's perfect and ready. And right now we've been also seeing uh, DC actually make some wise moves. And they're like kind of like, hey, uh, we're going to delay Aquaman a little bit. We're, we're already in pre-production, but we want to make sure this is perfect. And they, they gave it an extra couple months to breathe. And I think that was a wise move. Okay, so see, I was I, looking at it more as a studio issue, not from Ben. So now I feel like an asshole. Yeah. Oh, well, no, <laughs> no, 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 that no. I said. No, I, I, I think that's just, that's just how I'm reading into it. I mean, it could be the way you're thinking as well, but I do think this is maybe a little bit more on Ben. Um, and I, I do agree with you. I do think that there have been some weird things, but I, we've also, I think, been seeing some interesting things the last couple months too, like directors leaving projects like over the Flash, but you know, the same thing happened at Wonder Woman. Uh, the original director wanted to have Wonder Woman have a companion tiger that spoke to her. And they said, uh, you're not the right fit for this 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 job. And then they brought Patty Jenkins in. So, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I think then, another I mean, I think another example of that, too. I mean, and I hate going back to Marvel to compare this too, But I mean, if you use um, Ant-Man as a prime example, many people were very excited about Ant-Man when. Uh, Edgar Wright was attached as the director and Ant-Man was the first example that we saw where a director dropped out and we had to replace the director and look at Ant-Man Ant-Man was actually one of the most was one of the least successful Marvel movies that they that they had done in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so the 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 cause and effect of the director thing really does play out in theaters it really it does. does affect box office so the moment you hear anything, particularly about The Flash, you know, about how the director drops out because of creative differences and things go back, and now with Wonder Woman, you know, the, the same thing, this affects box office. So mm -hmm. I want Wonder Woman to be successful, but when it comes to that, and the trailers look fantastic, I'm not going to lie about that, but the trailers looked good for Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, and I was disappointed. When it comes to DC Universe, I can't go by trailers anymore. I have to oh, see no. the movie. I mean, I think that's almost any film, though, at this point, though, too. It's just, just not going by trailers. I mean, I, I think that's nowadays you just got to trust your gut. If it's something you have an interest in, just go see it. Skip the trailers if you can sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, because I we, think Suicide we, Squad ultimately was a lot of fun still. I, I still hold true to that. Um, I, I, I think so, too. And, and another prime example of this, and I know this is breaking away from DC again, and you, <laughs> you and I will have a conversation about this. Um, after the podcast, because uh, it has it doesn't have anything to do with DC. Um, another movie that was recently done, we didn't have a chance to talk about this yet. That I was thrilled by the trailer, and I was not thrilled by the movie was Rogue One. Really, you're the first person I've heard that say that. Hey, so I I was not thrilled with Rogue One. 
Okay. We'll talk well, about that. We'll talk about it. Later. Yes, because that's a long conversation. That we <laughs> yes, get into. it is. Yeah. So, because that's still in my tops top films for the year. So, yeah. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Um, but uh, but yeah. So yeah, we're gonna move on from that. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're hoping, and I think me and Ben both hope that uh, this turns around because uh, Affleck's Batman was fantastic. The, out so. of uh, out of all the DC properties that there are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, Batman is the one I have the highest hopes for. So I really hope this comes together and happens. Yeah. Uh, the next is uh, we're gonna jump over to uh, a happy seven, uh, 2017 from Jeff Johns. Uh, obviously, Jeff Johns is one of the lead writers over at DC who has shaped. Uh, not only the new 52, but DC Rebirth has been responsible for, for some of the biggest and best stories from DC in the last 10 years, uh, if, if not longer at this point. Uh, the man is truly one of the best visionaries out there in comic books as far as making people care about characters again. And uh, he's proved time and time again that he is the right man for this. And uh, he had a couple things to share. Uh, and I'm just going to go through. He's got six tweets he wrote. Uh, so obviously it's not a lot to like say, but there's some cool things here. Uh, and it's quickly just happy 2017. Everybody can't wait for the new year. Top five DC events. I'm looking forward to in 2017 in no particular order. Uh, number five. And this is the one that kind of, uh, is the one that we have to think about a little bit here, which is more DC TV, flash arrow, Gotham legends of tomorrow, Lucifer and Supergirl, uh, and many, many more, uh, one of which will be announced very soon. Hmm. Uh, so it sounds like another DC show is starting up that is getting announced, and I don't think it, they're talking about Krypton. I think uh, that many more is probably things like Powerless and Krypton. And uh, But, yeah, it sounds like we have another one coming uh, coming uh, into the mix. We, so, we, yeah, we're, we're going to uh, – this podcast is going to get more interesting. Yep, yep. Uh, number four, uh, the great uh, Ed Boon uh, brings us uh, the next Injustice game uh, to the amazing fighting. Uh, you know, the first game was amazing. Lots of surprises uh, as far as that game still yet to be announced. Uh, and then Zack Snyder's Justice League featuring many, uh, among many things, the first ever live action Mara. Uh, and then a cool little shot of Mara. Uh, then Patty Jenkins is presenting Gal, uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, uh, a film I am so incredibly proud of to be a part of. And then last but not least, Jeff did say, and number one, I will be writing quite a few comics again this year. Stay tuned. And there's a shot of Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen. So it sounds like that big tie storyline that was uh, hinted at in the Rebirth special is going to play out big time in 2017. So... Uh, obviously, the big two things I'm sure for me and Ben here are uh, obviously that uh, that whole rebirth bit because I can't wait to see how that follows up. But uh, what is this new show? Uh, I'm very curious to see what this is going to be. Is this this Black Light- Lightning show that got teased a little while back uh, that was going to be uh, live action? Um, my guess is that might be the one. But uh, a lot of people are wondering, is uh, Legends of Tomorrow coming back next season? And are they going to shift to Birds of Prey? So it's a uh, big yeah. wait and see. I, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm at the point where I'm not going to make any guesses. I'm I'm just going to wait. Yeah. Uh, and and find out because when you make guesses, you start to end up building up some disappointment if it's something you really hope for and then it's not. So I'm I'm just going to bide my time and wait mm-hmm. and see what this announcement is. Uh, yeah. I I do want to make one other news point that was uh, brought to my attention from some friends of mine too, and this is uh 
I'm sure he probably won't hear this, but if he does, um, that's great. Uh, but a big congratulations actually goes out to Greg Berlanti for getting engaged over the New Year holiday. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, him and his um, his partner, Robbie Rogers, or a soccer player, Robbie Rogers, uh, announced their engagement over the New Year holiday, which is really cool. Well, congratulations to, to them. That's fantastic. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay, well, let's dive into the TV world real quick before we uh, get ready to wrap up, give you the Echo uh, interview. But... Um, we got an interesting shot from uh, Cameron Monaghan uh, just uh, just a couple days ago, uh, and it's a shot of uh, Lee Tompkins removing uh, a uh, kind of a, I guess one of those covers in the morgue uh, where we're seeing uh, you know Jerome's body, and uh, it is currently missing its face. So very a la um, New Fifty Two Joker uh, with the no no face. So I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to play off. But we do know Mad City episode is called Ghosts is the return episode for Jerome, which is the one right after the midseason break. So that is on January 16th. So it looks like uh, Jerome is coming back earlier than we anticipated. January so, 16th. Gotham is coming yes. back that early? Uh-huh. Oh. Well, they keep in mind, they broke a lot earlier than everybody else did. That's too, true. So. That's true. Um so yeah, uh, I did not expect to see Jerome this early on. Uh, I thought it was more going to be a season to end, but it looks like we will indeed be seeing him uh, in some way, shape, or form uh, in the episode. So, um, and uh, heading over into a quick story from Legends of Tomorrow, which I had to bring up because I think this is one of the greatest ideas for an episode yet. Uh, episode uh, nine of season two. Um, the aberration forces everybody to head back to 1967 Los Angeles. And this is the midseason premiere, mind you. Uh, and um, basically the entire idea is a infamous filmmaker is leaving film school, which directly impacts both Ray and Nate. Ray no longer is the engineer that we know of him. And Nate is no longer the historian, all because of a certain director by the name of George Lucas quitting film school, an aberration that the two of uh, the, the team must stop. Oh. Ray obviously becoming an engineer because of Star Wars and Nate becoming a historian because of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, so they start to lose their brilliance during out the entire episode and the things that inspire them to become who they are. So we'll see the characters transform throughout the episode. Um, uh, I, can I just say, <laughs> I, I didn't hear this yet. This is the first time I'm hearing this. If you could see the smile on my face right now, this is brilliant. And this is also going to tie into Rip Hunter in the 60s as a filmmaker in L.A. So all of this is going to come into come into play on how they're connecting all this together. Uh Matt uh Matt Angel from Grimm is has been cast as the young George Lucas in this episode. So uh very excited to see this episode. This is uh, brilliant. It's such a great goofy concept <laughs> and silly and I can't wait to see this play out because especially Nate and Ray have been such a fun team up this season. I love them together. They're a blast. I was li- um, I was listening to your description of this, and I'm like, y- you know, you said like they go to the 60s to to stop a filmmaker, and it has effects on Ray and Nate, and I'm like, oh, where are they going with this? And then the moment you mentioned George Lucas, I'm like, oh, that is so cool. Uh, and, <laughs> That's awesome. Comic book movie also had a little nod and says it makes you wonder if the the cast does uh, make any mentions to him about not changing or not doing the prequel films. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be jokes abound in this episode, so I'm incredibly excited for the return of the show. So, 
and that will follow up on Flash. So that'll be on the twenty twenty fourth. So very very much looking forward to that. That is awesome. Um, and uh, we're gonna jump into actually, you know, we'll do Supergirl next. Um, one of the things to, to definitely have to bring up right now as well is uh, we do know that there are going to be some characters coming back that we have seen from last season and this season. This specifically being villains. And uh, the article pretty much says uh, in the uh, the interview that chaos is coming back to National City, uh, and uh, we do know we will indeed be seeing Frederick Schmidt coming back as Metallo again later this season. Um, that is definitely not done, and also Britt Morgan's Livewire will definitely make a return, uh, as well as uh, the Silver Banshee. So all of this is definitely going to be happening. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. But I love the fact that they are building back, the bringing these villains back, building them up more and more and more. So we will get to see a lot more familiar faces as the rest of the season does continue. Yeah. So, um, and one of the things we can kind of touch upon really lately first before we get into the giant story that we need to talk about. Uh, and that's a little bit about the mid-season premiere of Arrow. Uh, this is the smaller side of the story, but... We know we're going to be seeing a little bit different sides of Felicity coming back into the rest of the season. And uh, the, uh, Wendy um, like Merkel basically did say this, and I'll just kind of read this verbatim. This is one thing Felicity is not going to do, and I can tell you for sure, is blame Oliver for the death of her boyfriend. Uh, she recognizes the manipulation that led to the situation. Her heart is broken in that last moment for Oliver and for Malone and for herself. Felicity has set her sights on Prometheus this season. Uh, we have said we're going to take her into a darker place, and you're going to see the genesis of this, or the reasons why, and right here. Felicity is going to meet some people who are both a bit tied to her past, but also very much tied to this new future she's contemplating, and that's going to draw her away from the team and lead her to do some things that are pretty morally questionable. So I'm wondering if we're going to start getting back to goth Felicity, maybe. Uh, but I have a feeling we're going to see her kind of return to some of her hacker roots, and uh, maybe uh, start doing some different things very differently that maybe drives a wedge between her and Team Arrow. So, uh, very curious, though, on where this is going to play out. As as long as they don't go the direction that Flash was kind of going with Caitlyn, um, I'm okay with this. Um, you know, if there's a little bit of a wedge between her and the team, but she's still part of the team, I'm fine with that. I don't want to see a rogue Felicity. Um, uh, I don't think we will. I don't think we're going to see her kind of go bad. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just maybe she's going to start doing some more stuff to try to track down and get uh, a little vengeance, you know, for herself. Yeah, yeah. And Which I, I'm I, fine with that. And that's fine because Diggle got that moment last season. It's it, give her the opportunity to do it without crying constantly like episode uh, season three. <laughs> yeah, so, agreed. It's quite okay. Uh, but the last story we have to talk about this week is comes from actually there's quite a few uh, promos out there for all ones for pretty much every show. Uh, one of the ones we didn't get to talk about together is, uh, well, actually, we haven't talked about any of them, in all honesty. The, the one that's notable for Supergirl, we'll just mention this very quickly, is we see her on a planet with a red sun. Everybody's wondering, are we going to War World like we expected uh, a couple weeks back? My guess is that is indeed the case. But the one that we really need to spend some time with is the one for uh, Arrow. Uh, we do see some shots of uh, Laurel Lance. And her using the trademark canary cry, but without uh, the collar that Cisco made for her. This pretty much uh, kind of shows us right off the bat, and we even hear Oliver say it is, that's not our Laurel. Um, so I think we can safely say 
It is Earth 2's Black Siren. Yes. It is the one indeed coming back into the mix. And more than likely, I have a feeling we're going to see a redemption story for her. Uh, I, I don't know I, about where you're thinking, but I, I'm pretty sure that's where this is going to go. No, I think the same thing. I think we would like. I'd like to see her turn around and actually become part of the team. Um, you know, if somehow this does turn into the redemption story that that, that we think it might be, uh, I don't want to see her come in and just be like a villain for a while. I, I would like to see her join the team, join Team Arrow. Well, I think this is going to play out after a couple episodes. I think we're going to see her as a villain maybe for a little bit uh and maybe her turning it around so um i have a feeling by the end of the season we're we're going to be able to do this and i think this is a great way to build up oliver and her down the future um so i i think we're we're definitely going to see black siren become black canary before the end of the season but uh this was one of our original theories a little while back that if she did come back it was going to be as uh, black siren uh, I think we expected that on the Flash, not as much on Arrow. But yeah. uh, this was one of those theories we were thinking about as far as her return. So uh, it's nice to know that we we're still somewhat accurate. I think we were still thinking it was going to be the original Laurel, but in some other shape and form, uh, or brought back because of the events of uh, Legends or Flashpoint. But um, who's to say that Flashpoint didn't change who this version of uh, Laurel Lance is? So yeah, very curious. Exactly. Very, very curious on how this is going to play out. But, yeah, that kind of wraps up the news for this week. Uh, I already gave my recommendation, which is, uh, again, that Flash game from Unseen 64. So, Ben? My recommendation is basically going to be what is following this podcast, and that is the interview with Echo Kellum, who is also from Arrow and you would know as Curtis Holt, a.k.a. Mr. Terrific. Um, so, as I mentioned, you know, Adam and I from the Showcast Spotlight met him back in May uh, at Heroes and Villains, New York, New Jersey. He was really, really fun. He was really, really cool. And we we mentioned the podcast and said, hey, we'd love to have you on. He was absolutely into it. And we've been talking to his rep for months now, trying to get this to work out. And it finally worked out uh, that earlier this week, or last week, rather, we had the opportunity to talk to him. So we got about 20 minutes with him. Uh, he was, you know, very engaging, a lot of fun, and... Um, uh, so, yeah, so we're going to add it as a special bonus to this podcast. We're going to tack it on right at the end and give you guys the opportunity to hear it. So uh, that's my recommendation is stay on the to the end of the podcast and, and check out the interview. Cool. Very awesome. So um, as we mentioned in the beginning, uh, it's 2017. We got a lot of great stuff planned for you guys going into this year. We're almost a year into this. Uh, it, it went very quickly. I, I can say that. I can't believe it's almost been a year already. Um, but as I mentioned last week in um, you know my introduction to everything and doing the news, um, I know you listened to it, Rob. But um, I did, I'm, and I wanted to share share my thoughts on on what you said too. So I'll let you go first. And then I, I'll, I, I'll I was kick just back at you. <laughs> I was just going to reiterate. Um, this is sappy for our listeners, but uh, I'm glad that you are my podcast partner in this because I couldn't think of anybody better to do this with. Oh, uh, dude, I absolutely agree. I mean, uh, you you and me have known each other for about two years now, give or take. Uh, and uh, one of the things I got to say is uh, when you and when me and Ben met, um, uh, we just instantly clicked and just immediately started geeking. Like I think we spent the entire time that we were up in New York just like talking to each other's ear off <laughs> the yeah. entire time. Um, which was great. And one of the things when we both found out we both were podcasters, you know, we started picking each other's brains 
we both found out we love the same stuff. And uh, Ben eventually came over to do uh, quite a few episodes of Caffeine Crew, and he still does pretty frequently, actually. Um, and uh, we just wanted to find a way to do something together, and we kept talking about this idea of doing the show over and over again. Like, and Legends started up, and like, you know what? We're doing this. Let's just do it. And uh, I love doing this every week. This is one of my favorite things to do every week. And uh, not just because we get to geek out about the shows, but I get to geek out with one of my closest friends. Yeah. Uh, and it is absolutely a blast, and it's always you know, an honor to say I get to do the show with you. So I thank you very much for this opportunity, and uh, I love doing this with you, but, man, this is always a blast. I do. I, I agree with you completely. I love doing this every week, and I'm glad that um, I chose I, I chose wisely. Well, I mean, we chose together. Like, this was something – this was a joint decision. So I'm, I'm glad this worked out. And, uh, of course, I mean – Going even further into this, this wouldn't be what it is without the listeners that we have. So, indeed, yeah. you know, a huge thanks goes out to each and every one of you, whether you interact with us or not on the Facebook page or on Twitter or whatever. Um, we appreciate you either way uh, just for listening. So, we hope that you continue to listen throughout 2017 and any future years that we do this. Um, we encourage you to interact, but if you don't, that's not everybody's thing. So, we don't fault you for it uh we love the people that do and we love you if you don't so uh a huge thank you for the goes out to each and every one of you for the 2016 year uh and we hope we get your continued support through 2017 indeed and uh yeah to stick with us I, we promise you a lot of fun stuff man I, we, there's gonna be so much that we're gonna try to plan out for 2017 and uh yeah uh, lots of returning uh, people that have been on the show uh, in the past and uh, probably a whole bunch of new faces. So, yeah, not to mention, you know, you mentioned we'll be doing some hopefully some live podcasts from a local comic book store. We'll get to do one, if not more, from the Secret Stash in New Jersey, which is Kevin Smith's comic book store. Uh, thanks to Ming Chen from Comic Book Men who offered up that opportunity. Uh, and I mean, some one of the other things we didn't mention, too, is that I'm working on is possibly doing a DC primetime panel at some conventions that will be most likely in the beginning just local to us because it's just easier for us. But I mean, who knows what the future holds as yeah, far as some cons in the future? Yeah, and I'm sure we'll be back at Wizard World again sometime this year. So it's a it's a wait and see. But yep. more than likely, that will indeed play out again. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to 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 show you guys some very interesting content. And uh, I think we'll try to be doing a lot more community-based things. Like I said, we have the little contest that's going on that's starting now uh, to get you guys more involved on the show. Uh, just actually, just like I said, just being on the show, I think is just a great, fun idea. I know me and Ben are talking about doing community, like video game nights, maybe like once a month where we can pick a night. Say everybody jumps up on PS4, and then we pick a game and play. It doesn't have to be a DC-oriented thing. Or even um, if we stream it on Twitch and just yeah, have people, something. you know, commenting while they're watching us play. And, you know, we'll figure out ways to do it. Hey, there is DC Online that's free to play. We could all jump in and make heroes and just have fun. So oh, That would be actually kind of awesome. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. <laughs> that would so. be kind of fun. And it's great because it's free. If you have a PS4, you just download it and go. Um, yep. So you can just play the simplistic version of it, and we can all dive in and, and have a good time and just, you know, kind of geek out about the shows as we play. So yeah, it'd be a lot always of fun. just team up and have a blast. So, <laughs> but yeah, all right, guys. Well, uh, you want to get your plugs in? I'll get mine, and we'll get out of here. Yeah. Uh, so of course, uh, we want to mention the Facebook page once again: facebook.com/slash DC Primetime. Uh, you can check out this podcast as well as all the other ones, including the Showcast Spotlight, which I mentioned, where we interviewed Echo and a number of other uh, Arrow casts from from the past and and Legends of Tomorrow casts from the past. Uh, 
which is you can check that out nextlevelradioonline.com uh just click on the shows tab and you'll see all of the podcasts there uh including rob's caffeine crew cast of pots which i'm sure he'll mention too yep uh, yeah, as uh, Ben just said, uh, yeah, the Caffeine Crew Cast of Podge, which is the monthly geek culture podcast, again, as we mentioned at the top of the show. This was our look back at 2016. Uh, we also do a uh, – this is a long podcast. This is about three hours long. Uh, we do a spoiler-free discussion of Rogue One, and then at the, af- epi- uh, at the end of the credits of the episode, we do like a good 40-minute discussion, uh, full spoilers for Rogue One, where we completely dive into it and uh, – one of the people that's on the show is we kind of refer to him as our resident Jedi. The guy knows more about Star Wars than I think anybody I know. Um, and uh, very incredibly well and very well spoken with that stuff. So it's always great. He was on our uh, our December episode last year where we did the same thing for Force Awakens. So looking, uh, definitely check that episode out. Uh, like I said, Ben mentioned, it should be up. Uh, as you are listening to this one, you'll be able to jump over at nextlevelradioonline.com. And just check out the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. I believe that is episode 32 or 33. I believe 33. Uh, so, yeah, give that a listen. And uh, and always a big special thanks to George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Uh, we thank him each and every week for the music. I'm still really, really digging that new intro. Uh, and I'm I, very I've happy to switch it up. I've gotten a lot of compliments on that new intro, too. Yeah, it's, it's really awesome. I do like that a lot. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so and uh, he's got a lot more music too. So we may change things up more and more as we go, just for fun. But I think right now we've got we've got the right calls from the the beginning and end of that show. So. Yeah, for sure. So all right, cool. Uh, so that's going to be it for this issue of DC Primetime. As we mentioned before, stick around after the end music uh, if you want to hear that interview with Echo Cullum from Arrow. I promise you, uh, check it out. It's not you won't be disappointed. He he was very engaging and and uh, really cool. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this issue. Uh, thank you once again for a great 2016. We look forward to 2017, and we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. everybody welcome to another edition of the showcast spotlight here on the next level podcast network i am ben beck joined by my co-host adam gory and it is the last week of 2016 uh which means this is the last edition of the showcast spotlight before we go into a bigger and better 2017 but that's not to say our final guest of the year uh we're definitely going out on a high note this is a gentleman that uh adam and i had an opportunity to meet in person back in may at uh, Heroes and Villains Fan Fest, New York, New Jersey, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy. We've been trying to get him on for a couple months now. Schedule's just not working out, but we're glad he's finally joining us. Uh, you would know him as Curtis Holt, a.k.a. Mr. Terrific on the CW show Arrow. Please welcome to the Showcast Spotlight, Mr. Echo Cullum. Echo, uh, thanks for joining us, man. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad we finally... Uh, we're we're glad we're finally having the opportunity to talk to you. I know we were, uh, as I mentioned, you were very receptive and very uh, a super nice guy when we had the chance to meet you in uh, at Heroes and Villains, and 
I got to say the one thing I think Adam and I noticed the most about you, other than the fact that you were extremely tall, uh, is <laughs> your sneaker game is on point, man. <laughs> I, I think you were, I think they you were, were gold. Yeah. Like these gold sneakers. I think they were, they were like gold, uh, Chuck Taylor's. Oh, yeah, Adidas. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I've been a sneakerhead my whole life. Um, I used to only collect like Chuck Taylors and PF Flyers, and then recently I I get more into like Jordans and my other Nikes and stuff like that. But yeah, I've always liked the nice pair of sneaks, man. It's just something that made me happy, I, especially because when I was a kid, I had like all the bootleg shoes. Like we didn't have Jordans, but I would have like XJ nine hundred, so like a muscly Jordan on it, and I'll get roasted at school. <laughs> and so I think it's part of that. Like I was gonna have some nice sneakers. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely one thing that stood out, and I know we we I think we mentioned that to you too when we uh when we mm-hmm. had the chance to talk to you. I'm sure a lot of people. Yeah. Did. First two things everybody <laughs> probably said was you're really tall and your sneakers are really awesome. <laughs> That's very accurate, actually. Very accurate. Uh, so I mean, I want to jump into Arrow real quick before we get into anything else. Obviously, you, you know, we mentioned mm-hmm. that you play Curtis, aka you know, you're now you've stepped up to the mantle of Mr. Terrific. And I'm mm-hmm. curious when you auditioned for the role. Were you familiar with Curtis, or at least who, uh, or and who Curtis became eventually in the comic books, or was this a complete new character to you? I was familiar with Mr. Terrific. Um, I had never read his singular volume uh, series, Mind Games, so, though. But when they dropped that bomb on me after audition, I was like, "Wait!" Because I, I try to keep abreast of all the black superheroes. <laughs> 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 like, represent, like, yeah, we're brother. Um, but, uh, so I definitely knew all of them, and like I said, when they, they told me it was, this character was going to become that superhero, I was definitely blown away. So, I mean, were you antsy then when you, like, just constantly waiting, when is this going to happen, when is this going to happen in the show, or did you just bide your time? You, you know, I think I, you know, I I very much was just biding my time, you know, I, I definitely have a lot of faith and trust into the writers of the show and the producers, and... You know, they've been really doing a, a great job. And so I definitely wanted it to happen, was anxious for it to happen. Um, and I think that they took the right amount of time to do it, though, to really try to introduce Curtis and really see him go through his journey to become this hero. I think his, his biggest superpower is uh, putting those cornrows in so damn fast. I don't know how. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, That's the one I, thing I, my I, wife always says. <laughs> <laughs> I probably get that more than anything else now. Really? How does he put his cornrows in? <laughs> That's the like, same way know, Oliver gets dressed. Like Flash, <laughs> quick, or something. I don't know. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> I know the um the, the mask. Obviously, the costume that they have you in in the show is very. Very similar to how it is in the comic books. And that's one of the things I really applaud the writers and the producers of the show on is that, I mean, they get the detail down right when it comes to some of these, you know, costumes that you guys are in. Uh, but I'm, cur- I'm curious logistically, though, the T on your face, what exactly mm-hmm. is it and how do they pull that off? Is it like a latex <clears throat> that just form fits to your face? It's a prosthetic that we have to glue to my face. Uh, and then they do some uh, makeup around my lips because uh, I, I talk too much and eat too much, so <laughs> that can ruin some parts of the mask, but so they mainly prosthetic though that we glue on. It takes about an hour and a half each time to get it put on, but it's 
I, I really do like the, the costume too, and um, you know, we have another. It's gonna be a different iteration of it. This is kind of like the prototype one, mm-hmm. and so he'll be having an upgrade in the uh, second half of the season. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty badass yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I think it looks good. Mm-hmm. You'd see a lot of. Uh, I mean, we we mentioned we uh, met you at a con. Do you see a lot of uh, Mr. Terrifics popping up now? You know, I've seen a couple, and it's very cool. You know, um, to see the character getting a little bit more love because I think he's a really dope and deep introspective character and has a lot of different, you know, sides to him and has really been through a lot, but, you know, still perseveres and pushes forward and he's just totally badass. So it's, it's great to see the knowledge of that character coming more into the zeitgeist. And, you know, I think every time I see somebody, it just kind of makes me smile. Yeah. I know, you, you know, you mentioned, you know, following the black superheroes and, and such, which is I, I love being able to see on television as well, because you don't get to see as much of it as you should. Uh, but one of yeah, the other sure. one of the other things, you know, that's great about your character is not only, you know, other than being a black superhero, but he's also a homosexual um, superhero as well. Was that something I'm wondering what your thoughts were on going into that when you when you took the role? Was that something you were comfortable with or was it something you just kind of had to adjust to a little bit? I mean, for me, I was definitely comfortable with doing that role. I mean, I feel like, you know, we need to have more representation of different people and, you know, different backgrounds, whether it be LGBTQ or, you know, your religious beliefs or whatnot. Um, and for me, I came from a very um, LGBTQ-friendly household growing up so much. So, in fact, that one of my parents was actually uh, LGBT. Uh, you and you know for me it was kind of a, a, a cool way to kind of give back to them and like see them be proud to see this character portrayed on screen and all the countless friends I have who I'm very close to in the community and stuff like that I really appreciate a lot of it and for me it was like really important to not play up any type of stereotypes or any type of you know I, I didn't want to be like sassy or you know, I just want to be a regular guy because so many people in this in that community are just regular people and, you know, they come in all shapes, sizes and types. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't know he was gay when I really went in to audition for it. Uh, And so I just approached it as, Hey, this really smart guy is in the scene and really trying to, you know, connect with Felicity and trying to solve this thing. And then when they said he was that, you know, for me, it was like, that doesn't change him. That's great. You know, (laughs) like, I definitely think that's a great way to take it, and I'd love to see more of that on TV. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, <laughs> you, you play you play it perfectly, like exactly how you're saying you want it to play. Because at this stage, I mean, I know we haven't seen much of his partner lately, but either way, at this stage in the game, it's not even really a forethought in your mind. You know, it's just kind of part of Curtis. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, I used to work uh, with Sean Hayes on this show called Sean Saves the World and he would always say this cool thing about his character because his character was also gay and he would say yeah he's gay but it's like the fifth most important thing about him there's a lot going on there it's important to him but he does live through his sexuality yeah, not right. that one to Curtis too yeah yeah it's perfect I know one of the other things that uh, I got a kick out of at one point during this season is seeing Curtis attempt ladder that Oliver does <laughs> And we know that Stephen Amell can actually do in real life as well. Uh, yeah. Was it an act that he was that you were so bad at it, or can you actually do it? 
<laughs> you know, I'm close, man. I'm close. Cause, like, for me, my height, I think, makes it a little bit more difficult for me to get the rhythm mm-hmm. yeah. down pat. Because it's not just about strength. It's just this rhythm, rhythmatic thing that you kind of got to get. But I, I can do, like, two wrongs. But it's <laughs> very tough. It is better very, than none. very, very tough. Huh? I said that's better than none. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and that's recently, like, you know, I've been really hitting the gym and working out a lot more and, you know, I, I've had to battle injuries over the past couple of years. You know, I'm an actively fit person, and I'm just kind of getting over one a couple months ago. So now that I'm back in, you know, I'm getting more into shape and able to, like, attack more of the stuff like the seven ladder. Yeah, yeah, dude, I, I mean, no lie. I saw – I follow you on Instagram and, and Snapchat. I don't remember which one it was, but you posted a picture, and, dude, you look ripped, man. I got to say. <laughs> I, think, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I want, like, 15 more pounds of muscle, and then I'll, I'll feel – great you know but the problem is when i get to this point usually my body gets injured for some reason like i'll I'll try to go further but you know i'm being just very cautious and careful right now to make sure that i can continue to still have an arm because i have these rotator i've I've sprained both my rotator cuffs so i'm just being careful oh wow yeah Yeah. gonna have to get you on our uh our health and fitness podcast too at some point yeah yeah (laughs) yeah definitely Mm. Uh, we mentioned earlier on too that you know how we met you uh back in may at a con and i actually went to uh i was in atlanta for heroes and villains as well mm-hmm. and i act- i moderated the first arrow panel on saturday i was i was supposed to moderate your panel as well and i was actually really bummed uh that it it got switched up in the person that moderated your panel too. Cause I, I wanted to be on stage with you and I got the chance to meet Neil McDonough Saturday night and, and oh, such. Yeah. Um, but do you, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, did, are you a fan of going to the cons? Cause we've seen you at a number of them already. Oh yeah, man. I, I love the cons for me. It's like, those are my people, <laughs> you know, like I'm, <laughs> I grew up very much immersed into nerd culture and, Everything like I I cannot stop stop talking to my friends about Gwent right now. I'm like, dude, you have to get Gwent, which is like a card game based off a video game. <laughs> and, I'm like, oh, and I'm like, no, trust me, get it. But like, I am like just super nerdy, and so every time I go there, like I always get like cool swag or like walk the floor and buy like you know some pop toys or some figurines or some art. So for me, it's like going to cons is like life. You know, yeah. like I I look forward to doing multiple cons every year. And this is just a different spin in my career where, like, I actually get to go as one of the people, like, who people are coming to see now as opposed to just going to see people and art and stuff like that. But yeah. it's, I love the time. Yeah. Are you doing mostly just the uh, heroes and villains? Or are you um, coming out to any other uh, smaller ones? I do mainly the biggest ones like E3, Comic-Con. Uh, but I'm starting to get more into, <clears throat> like, WizardCon and little things that uh, a couple of my friends are like talking about like back in Chicago and stuff like that. <clears throat> so I'm just trying to expand a little bit more and hit up more. Yeah. We, they, yeah, I'll tell you what, they become addicting. I mean, we right now it's kind of like the off season for us at least. And, and I think cons in general for the most part, but you know, mm-hmm. once like the spring hits up and the, the cons start up again, like we're just like, oh, yeah. as soon as one's over, we're ready to go to the next one. Oh heck yeah! Like Dragon Con, all that stuff. Yeah, I want to hit up a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, we, we everybody says Dragon Con's awesome, and we keep uh, that's like one of our bucket list cons to go to. Yeah, me too. I haven't done one yet. Um, one one thing, and not to change topics too quickly, and this is completely off topic though. Um, <laughs> I have a two year old, so we have the Disney Channel on all the time, 
And uh, I see that you do a voice on Elena of Avalor. Yeah. I've caught a few episodes, and, and I think I've only uh, heard you in, in one that I've seen, but I see you're in uh, quite a few. So, I mean, how would you mm-hmm. kind of get uh, get into that? You know, I do uh, some voiceover work uh, in my spare time whenever I can. <clears throat> um, I started doing it probably three years ago. I've done, like, a couple episodes of Rick and Morty and, like, American Dad and some other cool stuff. It's something I would love to be more immersed in in the future, absolutely, because I have just, since I was a kid, I just always had, like, a thousand different voices, <laughs> you know, that I would do and impersonations and original characters and stuff like that. So for me, like, I would I would love to be, like, on a, a series as a voiceover actor for sure. Did they, uh, did they have you doing any singing? Because I know that show has some songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did. I had to do a song on there. Um, I'm actually, I'm on this other show called Pig Goat and then a Cricket as well. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I was I curious saw. about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I, did, I played this um, character on there. What's his name? Little Dr. Dirty. And he's a dead rapper who comes back to life. There's all this silly stuff. Um, but yeah, I... I I love the voiceover industry, man. I want to do a lot more. I would love to be in video game voiceovers, especially like that's like a dream that I would love to accomplish one day. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And as far as the singing mm-hmm. goes too, I mean, you're definitely with uh, an elite group of yeah. other people when it comes mm-hmm. to you know Arrow and Legends oh, yeah. and Ashley on these Barrowman and all of them. Oh yeah. Oh sure. yeah, yeah. Barrowman, Grant Gustin, and now Melissa Benoit. Mm-hmm. You know, from Melissa, Supergirl. And yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. I hear uh, Mel's a pretty good singer too. <laughs> I've seen. Yeah, him yeah he's all right. <laughs> right? <laughs> he, gets <in> it. <laughs> he says he's not that good, but he can do it. He can hold his own. Um, uh, before we let you go, too, obviously one of the big mm-hmm. things from this season was the four-part crossover. You know, was Invasion, yeah. which man, we were totally psyched about, and we were you know hoping it was going to live up to every expectation, and it did. I mean, it was. It completely blew us away, but, you know, the better part of it, too, was the fact that it was also the Arrow 100th episode. And I'm curious, you know, how much fun was it to be able to interact with all these other characters, especially, like, Melissa, who came over from Supergirl and... Yeah. Oh, man. That that was literally, like, stuff that I think dreams are made of. You know, like, I grew up watching the original Flash show on WGN and Channel 9 in Chicago and stuff like that, and getting to, like, have a scene with the Flash and Supergirl, it was like, holy crap, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I know I'm, like, blessed and fortunate to get to be a part of, you know, the superhero realm and the comic book realm, because I think those are some of the best stories in the world, and um, that really encapsulated it for me, and just, like, holy crap, it was kind of, like, really surreal moment. So, like, holy... Like, I'm in the scene with them, like, actually doing this. You know, it was really cool. Um, yeah, I know it's, like, it's as a fan, you know, as fans of these shows, too, like, we, we're we living in a time where we never thought we'd ever see things like this on television. And, I mean, yeah. I, I can imagine somebody like you who's engrossed in this nerd culture, as you say, you know, who not only is watching something like this happen on television, but you're a part of it. You know, that's you're forever ingrained in in what we see now, and it's got to be an incredible <laughs> feeling, uh, you know, to be part of that. I know, just as a fan alone, the first time um, we got to see the Hall of Justice, 
uh, you know, from, you know, the old cartoon or what they made out to look like the Hall of Justice. I think I audibly squealed <laughs> as, a, as a fanboy, you know, to see something like that is amazing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing before we let you go, I like I had mentioned, uh, seeing on Instagram or Snapchat again, I don't remember which it is. But anyone listening, at Echo Kells on Instagram and then just Echo Kells on Snapchat. Um, you actually got to kind of direct something recently. It didn't show up on IMDb, yeah. so I don't remember what it was called. Yeah, um, it's this thing that I wrote and created with a couple of my friends um, called Assassins Anonymous. And it's about these CIA agents who basically are kind of decommissioned and have to go to group therapy to kind of get reacclimated back to their <laughs> lives outside of that. Um, and so we wrote it and kind of pitched it to my comedy theater, UCB, who has a production deal with Universal Cable. And so they gave us a little money to shoot a pilot presentation for it. And so I directed it, and it was awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Is there any yeah. chance that we're going to see it pop up? sometime well we definitely hope to we're uh taking out the knee to try to show them what we shot and try to hopefully get them to commission the pilot from us and uh yeah we definitely want to want to get it out there all right cool is that is that something you want to pursue one day too like uh more directing because i know absolutely yeah directing is kind of where i want to segue to i love acting and i probably will always act but i i feel like directing is what i really want to dive into out here Oh, that's awesome. I was going to say, because we, I mean, we'd seen James Bamford have started out as the stunt coordinator and uh, director on Arrow, and now, or uh, yeah. fight coordinator on Arrow, and now he directed a few episodes, including, I think, yeah. The 100th, right? And he's great, yeah. He did, he did The 100th, and he's one of my favorite Yeah, we, we've talked oh, to him, I mean, we talked to him a, a long time ago, probably a couple of years ago, and he's just so busy now, it's hard to get him back on, too, but. That'd be yeah, cool. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe you can get into a, an episode of Arrow then. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, Echo, one more question. Without any spoilers, what can we expect when Arrow returns in January? Uh, man, you can <laughs> definitely <laughs> expect us to deal with the fallout of the mid-season finale, man. I mean, there will be a lot of answers in that first episode back, but you know, you're really going to see us really digging into that team aspect for the rest of the season and really taking Prometheus head on, you know? Yeah. So, well, I mean, we're looking forward to the show coming back as we are looking forward to all the other shows coming back. And, uh, we, uh, we're definitely glad we finally got to talk to you, man. We're glad we finally had you on, especially as our, yeah. our final guest of the year, man. It's a, it's a big awesome. deal for us. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, and obviously, as Adam mentioned, too, we want to encourage our listeners to follow you on Twitter, at Echo K, and on Snapchat, uh, at Echo Kellum on Snapchat, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Instagram, at Echo Kells. Boom. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, <laughs> our, we'll, we'll encourage all of our listeners to uh, to follow you on all social media. And, uh, Echo, thanks again for joining us, man. This is great. Yeah, thanks. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, All right, guys. We'll join you back in 2017 with another Showcast Spotlight down the road. Take care.